Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Portable Pastor Podcast. I'm Mike Stafford, that Portable Pastor, and thanks for tuning in again today. Today I want to talk about something that before this week, I'm going to be honest, I just didn't know a whole lot about. Okay, I've heard it. I've heard of people practicing it. I've just never really done too much of that myself. So let's turn back to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to eventually get there in a moment. So this topic of this next teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is about fasting. And at first glance, if you could see me, I know this is an audible podcast, but if you could see me in person, you might make the assumption that that I'm not a faster, okay? And you would be correct. You would probably come to that conclusion with with the wrong understanding of fasting, though. So we're going to seek to correct our misconceptions about fasting today. My only experience with fasting took place when I was in I was in middle school. I, I remember that my mom decided that all of my family should go on this fast, all right? And and we fasted for 24 hours. That was it, just 24 hours. She went 40 days, by the way, really 40 days. It, it was amazing. Uh, but my 24-hour experience, I almost died. I mean, I, I, I didn't understand what I was doing. I didn't have a reason to do it except to be obedient to my mom. I'm pretty sure my dad ate at work and he lied about it because he would come home, you know, he, he came home just fine. But in my pubescent, warped, body out of control state, I thought I was literally dying. Now, most of you, if you've not practiced fasting before, you'd probably respond the same way. And, and you, you would be right about that. So th- this is because we have the wrong ideas about fasting. So I want to look at it today. So what is fasting? Well, fasting is, is personally giving up something, you know, an earthly thing. It, it is, it's denying yourself something, usually food, for a specific period of time, for a, a specific purpose. Now, uh, some of our friends, the Catholics, they do this the 40 days of Lent with a bad habit or, uh, you know, a sin in order to, to shed that. And, you know, that thing may have derailed them the rest of the year and they realize they want to turn back to God. They want his blessings at Easter time. And so they'll they'll fast from something. But it usually only lasts 40 days. They get those bad habits out of their system, you know, during Mardi Gras where everyone tries to get it all in right before Lent. And then, you know, sometimes they go crazy again after after Easter. But there's some Christians who fast from food or something else during that time, and it's usually for a different set of reasons. But fasting is personally giving up something, some earthly thing. So fasting's not a diet plan. It, it was never, it was never to be a weight loss plan. It can happen, but that's that's not the goal. Fasting for weight loss is unreasonable. Because you're eventually going to start eating again, you know, and unless you change your eating habits, you're just going to plump right back up again anyway. So that's not the biblical concept of fasting. Fasting is not intended to be a diet plan. Fasting is not a punishment either. Some people think that they'll fast to deprive their flesh because their flesh has caused them to do something sinful and it has got to be punished. Well, this is not really a biblical context. I mean, we beat our bodies into submission 
But nowhere in scriptures does it say to punish your body for sin. So fasting's not not punishment. And food fasting is not for everyone. I mean, like diabetics, for example, that they should not fast from food. God would not have them in a perpetual state of unhealthy, you know, blood sugar levels. And and so such people like like that, they, they need to fast in other ways to achieve that same goal. I want to let you know that fasting is purposeful. Here is where we can we can judge the validity of a fast. We examine the goal. Fasting is is purposeful in this that that it redirects our attention to God. You know, we we might attain some closer relationship with him. So let let's talk about that for a bit. I went through the scriptures I found eight purposes. There may be more, but I found at least eight purposes for fasting from food or or something else. All right. So one purpose is found in Matthew chapter nine, verses 14 and 15. And that purpose is to express sadness. Listen to 14 and 15. When the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. So in seasons, when there's this this feeling that you're not close to God, this can be a reason to fast. In those moments, the joy that usually comes when when closeness abounds, that joy is gone, and, and, and there needs to be you know, some sense of deprivation there, you know, to express that joy. You can't have celebration, so you might want to express that that sadness. It's when we feel the lack of joy, when we feel that lack of joy that comes from being disconnected from God that we might decide to fast. So we might fast to express sadness and to find the joy again. And then I found a, a, a verse in a couple of verses in Isaiah chapter 58 that talks about a couple of reasons we might fast. First is to bring freedom in verse 6. If Is this not the, the fast that I choose? The loose of bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. So fasting, you know, depriving yourself of food or something else, it can bring freedom from a habit of wickedness. Fasting from TV might you know, free you from a lazy lifestyle. Fasting from food for a period of time might just break the the bonds of, of gluttony or, you know, we, we, we might fast to free ourselves from a, a sinful habit. That's the point. But then the next verse in Isaiah 58, verse 7 says that we might fast to share with others. Listen to what he wrote here. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Sometimes we might fast and deprive ourselves of something in order to give that very thing away. My grandmother used to do this. I remember times when she would fix a meal and didn't have a lot of food. She would fix a meal and then she didn't ever even sat down. If she ate, it was, it was the crumbs, the scraps that were left. But she would do that. So so maybe you could fast from from personal shopping, you know, to to bless other people who can't afford to purchase something for themselves. Wouldn't that be something at Christmas time if people did that? Sometimes we do indeed fast in order to share with someone else. Another reason that I found is to prepare yourself for what God's called you to do. 
I read a passage in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led up to the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So in here, we see Jesus prepared himself for this for this tempting by the devil. He, he had to be weak. He had to face temptation as, as weakened a weakened being like us, like me. Maybe maybe God's called you to do a certain trip or a certain assignment and you have to get yourself ready for it. Fasting can help prepare you for that for that assignment. The fifth thing that I that I saw is that fasting is purposeful in that you can commit others to the Lord's service. That's what happened in Acts chapter 14. Listen to what it says in verse 23. And when they appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So I know this is kind of a a weird purpose, but it's but it's biblical. Sometimes we might fast for the sake of another going into a special assignment. Maybe during a mission trip for someone that, that we've commissioned from our church. It, it, I mean, it's beneficial because God will see the sincerity of our prayers during that time, right? During that period of fasting, he's going to see that we're sincere in that prayer for that individual on the field. And so we might enter into a time of fasting for the benefit of another. I think uh, a common purpose for fasting is found in, in Jonah, in Jonah chapter 3, and that's to ask for God's mercy. Listen to verses 6 through six through 10. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he rose with his throne. He removed his robe. He he arose from his throne. He removed his robe. He covered himself with sackcloth, and he sat in ashes. And he proclaimed a a proclamation and, and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Man, I'm having trouble with that. And let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that's in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned away from their evil way, God relented of the disasters that they had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Now, now, now. side note, did God change his mind because they did this thing? Don't, don't see this as, as God being forced to change his mind by anything that man does. Okay, He knew they would repent, and he used the warning to bring about repentance. So, so that's not really the case in this, in this uh, passage. Sometimes we see the wrath of God coming. It, I've been pointing that out in the morning minute this week, if you received my daily text. Sometimes we see it coming, and we're convicted, and we're convicted to fast out of a spirit of repentance, and we want to beg for God's mercy. That is definitely one of the purposes, and one of the most widely used purposes of fasting. Another one is found in Judges, and it's simply to know God's will. Listen to chapter 20, verses 26 through 28. Then all the people of Israel, the whole army, went up and came up to Bethel and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, ministered before it in those days, saying, Shall we go out once more to battle against our brothers, the people of, ben- of Benjamin, or shall we cease? 
And the Lord said, go up for tomorrow. I'll give you, give them into your hands. So the nation of Israel, they, they were already not feeling real good because they're attacking their own countrymen, right? They, they were fighting against their own countrymen, but they lost. They lost. And so they were questioning, God, is this what we're supposed to be doing? You see, they needed to know the will of God. And all the stuff that was pouring into their mind from this situation was kind of clouding that. So then they decided to fast. So we might fast from some of the things from time to time that, that cloud our vision, that cloud our mind, so we can clearly hear from God. And then finally, the, the, fi the last one that I found in the scriptures, purpose to, to fast, is, is simply just to worship God, just to worship God. Okay, Luke chapter 2, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanel of the, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. She, uh, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a surgeon, a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84, she fasted. Now listen, this is what the scripture says. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God. And to speak to him, speak speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So fasting, fasting can be a part of our worship. If it's done purposely to grow closer to God, then why why wouldn't that be a good thing for worshipers to do? So there you have it. Fasting is definitely purposeful. But I know there's there's still a nagging question in your mind because it was in my mind. Here it is. Is it a command? Is it required of me to fast? Everyone wants to know that. Well, let me just tell you right off the bat, Scripture doesn't command Christians to fast. It's not found in the Bible as a command. And I know every every kid who's going to hear that when I'm preaching it this Sunday, every kid who comes home starving from, from school just said, Whew, that was a close one. You have no idea how fanatical my mom is about the commands of the Bible. <laughs> and my dad can eat at work, but school lunch stinks. And if I'm going to disobey, I don't want to I don't want to sin with school lunch as the goal. So fasting, fasting is is not a command. It's not required of us, but but the Bible says fasting is a good and beneficial act. It's a good and beneficial act. I mean, you just heard of the instances of how God acted when people fasted, okay? Of how they grew closer to, to the God, how they, they knew his will, how they received mercy. So it can be really good for us if done purposefully and for a set period of time. So let's look at today's passage. I know that was a long introduction, but the, the teaching is a little bit shorter, okay? So let's look at today's passage, Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. And when you fast, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, and their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, Anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So what did Jesus say? What did he teach about fasting? Well, the first thing he, teached, he, he taught is that you know, fasting should happen. I mean, that's what he said in 16a, and when you fast. He's, there's an expectation there. Why? Well, remember the goal. You know, fasting brings us closer to God. God desires closeness with his followers. He desires a focused mind in his followers. He desires freedom from sin and, and pure worship from his followers. Those things, 
happen when you fast. So there, yes, there is an expectation that we are going to fast. Second thing that he taught is that we have to fast for the right reason. Now, the religious leaders of that day, just like they did in their prayers, they fasted for selfish reasons. They needed people to think they were religious and they could be trusted, so they, they put it on display and they walked around with their faces all mangled like they were starving to death. The fasting was just as much a show as praying was for, for them. So Jesus said that, you know, that the temporary respect that they're going to get from people who see their, their suffering is, is their only reward. That's all they're going to get. Remember how they prayed. They fasted the same way. So we must fast for the right reasons, like the ones we, we mentioned earlier. Verse 17, Jesus said, don't look like you're fasting. I mean, the Pharisees walked around like they were in agony for the causes of God. They wanted to be seen suffering for the Lord. And Jesus chapped them. He chapped them again in the sermon. I don't know how many times he did that. But he chapped them again in the sermon because they were not suffering. They were not suffering and they're lying about it. Or they, they were, but they were only suffering for prideful reasons. So to protect ourselves from such a, a public display of of false religion, really, it's best to just maintain a, a look of normal life. He said, put oil on your head, wash your face, look normal, don't look like you're fasting. Why? Because he taught us to fast in secret. That's verse 18a. Remember our, other, our earlier uh, teaching about uh, you know, the Lord's prayer and your father who is in secret will reward you. That means that God, God operates in your motives, you know, in, in your intentions, the motivators in your life. He'll, he'll look into the recesses of your decision making and he'll judge whether those, those religious acts are, are pure. Okay. So if you fast in secret, there's, there's nothing publicly to gain. There's nothing publicly to gain if you do that in secret. So that act then can come from a, a pure motive. So he tells us just fast in secret. And then he taught us that fasting has rewards there in the second part of verse 18. He said, your father who sees in secret will reward you. Well, what are those rewards? Well, the rewards can be seen in the purposes the purposes for fasting can become reality. You can find joy. You can find freedom. You can you can give to others. You can be prepared for what, what God has you to do, that special assignment. You can be successful in praying for others that they carry out the mission of God. You might receive God's mercy. You might know his will. You might be able to worship in spirit and truth. Man, what a list of rewards. Fasting has lots of rewards. Now for the application of this teaching on fasting to us. Number one, we, we got to fast for a specific purpose and for a specific time. We got to be intentional, be focused, be reasonable. Don't get duped into fasting for something dumb. Like, you know, I'm not going to eat for, for a month because I want an Xbox. That is just dumb. Don't be duped. God's not going to bless that purpose for fasting. We must be intentional. We must be focused. We got to be reasonable when we're, when we're choosing a fast. And secondly, we got to choose the type of fast strategically. I mean, for repentance and mercy, you might fast from food. For uh, preparedness for a spiritual trip, you might fast from eating out or, or specific comforts like AC or, 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 or using a car. You know, for the ability to focus clearly on God's will, you might fast from, from pour the media, letting the media pour into your life. 
So we, we must choose specific things to fast from that will be the most helpful to bring about the desired outcome. So we must choose the type of fast strategically. And we got to hide our fasting. You got to hide your fasting. No one needs to validate. No one needs to validate your fast. You don't need to be validated for your fasting. God's going to do that. The simple act of hiding it will align you more with what God wants you to realize, that you need to be close with him. So hide it. And then look for an act. Look for an act of God when you're fasting. Uh, you know, right then or, or shortly afterward. You, you've done this on purpose. If your heart's right, your motives are right, look for that purpose to be realized. And once you do see it, write it down. Moments of sorrow and doubt are going to come later probably, and you're going to need that reminder. So write it down. Look for the act of God when you're fasting or or shortly afterwards. Just just consider this practice. I, I have to do that. I told you, I was honest. I haven't done this too much. I've, I've done it some, but not a lot. See what God will do for you. See what, what God will do for your righteous act done in private and done with a pure motive. He will do that. Well, I hope that clears up some of fasting for you. Maybe you want to try that. If you'd like to discuss that further, or you'd like to discuss anything else, maybe you want to start an online conversation with me, just Mike at fbcclover.com. Be glad to talk with you about anything. But until we come back next week with another teaching, be blessed, have a great week. And remember, if you're walking with God, He is very much pro you. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed and remember, God is pro-you.